The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Most job boards overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. That's not smart, but ZipRecruiter finds the right people for you and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. Now that is smart. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. That's what we got. Friday, October 12th. Welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Field Yates, Matthew Berry, Stefania Bell, the crew hanging with you, getting you ready for everything you need to know for week six. The Giants, the Saints, and Alliance are on a bye this week. We're getting ready for everything. I got it. I I heard it, Field, and that was funny. Thank you, Daniel. You know what? I was like, wait a second. In my brain, so slow. Three teams, wait, there should be four. Oh, I see, because the Gi- Giants, and I was like, no, they Saints, played last and night. Lions on oh, a bye. Oh, yep. but did they show? I see. Field, you are witty in the morning. Yeah, you know, I'm up early. I'm a coffee guy in the morning. Yeah. You set the tone. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a tone setter. Makes yeah. the bed in the hotel. Yeah. He's a tone setter. Did you I notice that ask. Not Cool Keith gave the dig right there, Field? He's the one who said tone setter. He was, there was a little jab, a little sarcasm on the on the field he's making the bed from Not Cool Keith. I agree. He's feeling confident because his no. rounds have won two games. <laughs> <is what's happening. laughs> yeah, he's feeling good about no, himself. I, I, no, actually, I was not a, that was not a dig at Field at all. No, no. no. About being ready it was a little comedy. Keith doesn't dig. <laughs> it's I weird. Find. He looked right at me and he was like, watch this dig I'm going to do on Field. And then he totally. said it, which is weird. Totally. He's like, and then because I'm so nice, no one will believe it was actually right. A game. Exactly. I'm so. That's pa- it. I'm, he might. You know what? We might need secret squirrel. We might need to change his name to passive aggressive Keith. Oh, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Passive aggressive Keith. Thirsty Kyle throws up super cool Keith on the screen right there. We are the crew. Are we really your crew? You just yeah. said it's the crew's he all here. Like, so are we a crew? So little. No, you are not my crew. Define is part of my crew. <laughs> yes. I mean, who's in field's part of my crew? Who's in field's crew? Cut. Who's it? Wait, when, well, when you I go, you want my crew? I understood. My I, I'm just asking, but I'm asking who else is in the crew. So like when you go looking for trouble on the mean streets of Nantucket, right? You've, when you, you're cruising, you, you, right? When you when you put the sweat around your neck and you're ready to go <laughs> go stir up trouble, who's in the crew? Who's in the so Stefania's in the crew. I'm not in the crew. Who's who else is in the crew? Daniel Dopp, right? Damien, uh huh. <laughs> Random Damien that no one knows who he <laughs> and is. Kyle. Right? And Kyle. Yeah, they got a five person crew. We got a really big team. Pretty much everyone but me? Correct. <laughs> game Well done there, Daniel. Let's begin with the Bucks and the Falcons. The game total is 57.5 points. We expect a lot of offense in this game. The Bucks were on a bye last week, but a reminder that sometimes you're making decisions between the wide receiver two in Tampa Bay, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin. Matthew, can Deshaun Jackson continue the early season magic he's had so far because he has been very effective down the field? You know what? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just being completely honest on this because one of the issues for Deshaun Jackson last year okay. was he could never get on the same page with Jameis Winston. We have yet to see Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson be good together. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like you would watch those games last year, and it was just he overthrew Jackson by a couple of steps. He underthrew him. They could never seem to get on the same page. And it was one of the things that you heard in the offseason from Jameis Winston that he came out and said, like, you know what? That's on me. I've got to get better. And so supposedly him and Jackson worked out this summer. But obviously, with the exception of whatever, you know, a half against the Bears, we haven't seen Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson really play together. So I don't really have a great feel for how this is going to play out, especially given the emergence 
of Chris Godwin. I mean, if you look at sort of the numbers between the two of them, Jackson certainly has, this is last year in 2017, 60 targets to just 40 for Godwin. Jackson played two less games as well. So significantly more targets, a little about 80 more yards. They both got a touchdown. Jackson targeted on 21% of routes. Godwin targeted on 23% of routes. I, I honestly think it is a bit of a coin flip. It is sort of how lucky do you feel? I personally rank Jackson over Godwin just because he's more of a veteran and, and Winston came out this summer and said to make a point of it, but I don't feel great about either one. Stefania, we don't know if OJ Howard is going to play, but that values, uh, that impacts Cameron Braid's value. What's your read on OJ Howard's availability for Sunday? Well, it's interesting because at the start of the week, you would have said he's not going to play. Mm-hmm. Like it's still too early coming off this knee sprain, but then he's put in these limited practices and there seems to be some chatter about don't count him out. There's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's the chatter. That's right. We have done that voice before. It, it sounds like there is a possibility that he plays. I don't feel great. You know, when guys are really fresh off the knee sprain, this is kind of like Evan Ingram, you know, kind of a similar injury, yep. look good. And then it was like, no holding back. You know, he's a little more sore. So um, I guess Friday will be the big day. Watch for the practice reveal today. But it sounds like they're at least keeping the window open that he could show up. If he doesn't play, there's a really good spot here for Cameron Bright Matthew because the numbers show it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry, Jameis Winston loves throwing to Cameron Braid. Uh, listen, uh, he was, he was targeted on 20% of his routes, uh, with Winston this year, you know, in just what of the limited time. Last year, he led the Buccaneers in red zone touchdowns and target per red zone route run with Winston under center. My expectation is that even if OJ Howard is active in this game, it probably is on a limited snap count. It's probably not, um, a significant role here. So, yeah, I think given where Cameron Brait is and the connection with Jameis Winston, I have him as a top 10 play this week. Even if O.J. Howard is active, he'd be a low-end tight end one for me. Devontae Freeman, Stefania, has been banged up throughout the year. What's the latest on his availability for Sunday? I've seen two DNPs for him this week in practice. Yeah, it's not good. And and I think the worrisome thing, people might see it and assume it's this knee issue and he actually has a foot a- bone contusion on top of it. That's not an insignificant problem, especially mm-hmm. for a running back. And I think, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, Dan Quinn on Fridays. you got to be able to go out there and show him that you can run, be explosive, and that's when they make their decision. I will not be surprised if Devontae Freeman is held up this week. All right, so let's keep an eye on the possibility of Devontae Freeman sitting. Let's imagine that's the case, Matthew. Where does Tevin Coleman slide up to, and where does Ido Smith slide up to in the rankings for Week 6? This is if Devontae Freeman is out. Uh, Tevin Coleman, that's, that's, that's a great question. Tevin Coleman would probably be in the 15 range. Yep. I mean, he'd be a RB top, he, yeah, yep. he'd definitely be a mid-tier RB2 here in Edo Smith, probably in the late 20s, high 30s, Ooh, like okay. flex, you know, like borderline flex play consideration here. I mean, Edo Smith has had, you know, kind of a, a nice little run here. And, you know, we talked about this the other day. But as Josina Anderson uh, discussed on Fantasy Football Now last week, even when Freeman was healthy last week, they expected a 40-40-20 split between Freeman, Coleman, and Ito Smith. Smith, who scored a couple of times this season, they like him around the goal line here in what we expect to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, like if you're desperate at running back and Freeman's out, Ito Smith is worthy of a consideration there because he's definitely a chance he gets into the end zone. It's a great matchup, and we all have Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley inside our top 37. Matthew, you and I have Mohamed Sanu as top 22 plays, Calvin Ridley a little bit further behind. 
So there's not that any of us disagree with the possibility of using Ridley or Sanu. Just a reminder, Sanu is in a great, great spot here. He's got at least 15 fantasy points in three straight games. He's been great in PPR scoring, and the Bucks defense has been atrocious. He's available in, I think, around 40% of leagues is Mohamed Sanu. I, I, You're looking for a last-minute flex. I would just say one thing, because some people might be worried, limited a couple days with a hip injury. I would point out that he was. this was the same designation as last week when four catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. All so right. expect hey, he, him to play. Yeah, uh, thank you. Available in almost 40% of ESPN leagues. So if he's out there, certainly worth the consideration. Uh, obviously, he plays the majority of his snaps out of the slot field. It's worth noting that from the slot, Tampa Bay has allowed the, a league high in yards and touchdowns, the second most completions, the second highest completion percentage. They struggle in all areas of the secondary, but certainly against the slot there. And so uh, Sanu, to your point, is somebody that comes in at 21 for me in the wide receiver ranks. He made my love list this week. Last question, just very quickly, I want to mention this. Jameis Winston is still available in a ton of leagues, and I don't understand that he's 48% available in leagues. This is somebody that even if you have a good quarterback, you should pick up because there will be trade value here. I believe he's a top eight fantasy quarterback, not just this week, but for the rest of the way, given that offense, given the, the skill set around him and how bad that defense and run game is. This game is a Atlanta's favorite in this game by three and a half points. I'm taking the Falcons. Who you got? Falcons are a three and a half point favorite. They are at home. Give me the Falcons. Go birds. <clears throat> Stefania? Yeah. I don't birds? know what that was. Birds. That was. But the Eagles are short like of the birds, birds, but whatever. I will take the Falcons. I will also take the Falcons. It's a sweep. There we go. Clean sweep there. Let's go to London across the pond. Seahawks and Raiders. This Cheerio. 48 point, uh, point total. I don't even know who the home are team is. Are there two teams matter. that could travel farther? To London. I no, don't think so. No, but <laughs> don't know, love. Oh, Hello, no. Governor. The weekly Russell Wilson dilemma is upon us. Is Russell Wilson worth a start in your leagues? Matthew, is there anything about this matchup that suggests to you that Russell Wilson belongs in your lineup? Well, certainly Oakland is not particularly good. So that <laughs> certainly, you know, if, if there's a couple of things you want to hang your hat on here, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of Russell Wilson, right? It, it, it's a couple of things. I mean, first off, three touchdown passes. Last week, so that was positive to see that. Uh, you know, um, it seems like his pass catching core is starting to get a little bit better. I know Doug Baldwin didn't do anything, but, uh, it did allow David Moore to get into the end zone twice. Raiders are 23rd against the pass. They're 30th in scoring defense. So it is a bad defense. They don't get pressure on the quarterback for some reason. I don't know why that is. John Gruden can't seem to figure it out, but whatever, for whatever reason, they can't seem to get pressure on the quarterback. Feels like they could use somebody there. So those are all the positives for Russ Wilson. The problems are, is that this is a run first team. I mean, you know, they are, uh, they are averaging just 24 pass attempts per game over the last three. They're, they, they have the lowest pass percentage in the NFL. So in a game that we expect them to certainly not be down, to be competitive, we expect them to continue to run, which is one of the reasons why Russell Wilson, who also himself isn't running, uh, just 42 rushing yards this entire year. Last year, he averaged 36 a game. So for me, field, you know, I, Carson, uh, Carson, Chris Carson, Chris Carson made the love list this week and Russell Wilson made the hate list entirely because I think this is a run heavy game for him. So he's just outside my top 10 this week. And Chris Carson ranks inside all of our top 15. Stefania at 13, me at 14, Matthew at 15. Look at that harmony right there amongst the rankers. Doug Baldwin's off the injury report. Stefania, there's no more concerns about him being <laughs> injured and dealing with that knee. Except for this one concern about him not being involved in the offense at all. I mean, look, I, I don't think you can dismiss uh, the knee injury. He has. He said that knee was not a factor and why he was utilized so little in last week's game but 
that all being said, and he may be healthy this week, we know there's the potential for his knee to act up later on. In the meantime, you know, we can't predict that knee acting up at right. a certain moment. We all have him ranked as a flex play this week. No higher than 23, no lower than 29. You're just hoping against a bad Oakland secondary and perhaps, um, perhaps Russell Wilson says, I only got you the football once last week. I owe it to you to force feed at the issue. Uh, this week for Doug Baldwin and the Seahawks, Jared Cook yeah. and every week starts. Bollocks, bollocks works. Bollocks. If you if that's how you felt after um after Doug Baldwin, Secret Schools give me the wrap it up sign. No, I'm not wrapping it up. This is the London game. You didn't you didn't book Nat Coombs for us this week. Also, so, I, so think, yeah. I think bollocks might be a swear. Might Whatever. be a British swear. So ah. be careful. <laughs> In any event, Jared Cook should he be an every week starter? Is it, on what, what is that? Go ahead. So what did say Secret Squirrel? Go ahead, Field. You Jared it. Cook. You're no fun. You guys are no with fun. a tight end abyss. Should that be? Should it be an every week starter? I'm not trying to poke the bear here. I'm just asking no, the question no, seriously. Poking. Well, oh, with me? Are you asking with me? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The secret scroll was only you at me. are allowed to talk about Jared Cook because he's your favorite. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm the highest on <laughs> Jared. I, I think I'm the highest it. on Jared Cook. Like it, it. I am not a fan of Jared Cook, but production is production, and they're certainly looking for him as well. Uh, remember. Um, he leads the Raiders with four different end zone targets a season. He leads the Raiders with 10 different red zone targets. So end zone targets and red zone targets. He is the leader of the Oakland Raiders. I expect the Raiders to have to throw in this game as well. So yeah, given the state of the tight end position, Jared Cook comes in at five for me this week. I just got to be honest with you guys. I'm that person who says no one can complain about NFL games because we wait all year for them to begin. But this game is such a low watchability score. All that being said, the Seahawks are two and a half point favorites, and I think they win and cover. How about you, Matthew? Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Give me the Seahawks. Spanya? Yeah, Seahawks. Daniel? I think because Seattle has less of travel, because they're already farther north, right. I think Great they have to go less. Yes, so so much cut less advantage. Travel. I will take the Way Seahawks there because of the travel issue. Very quickly, just because we're talking about tight ends and it's such a desperate position, I just want to say that I think when did, Nick... Wait, where, when did we talk about tight ends? Jared Cook. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. Well, just, it's just, listen, it is a brutal position and people out there are just looking for anyone with a pulse. And I do think that if you're looking for a sleeper tight end, I do think Nick Vanette who is top 10 in the NFL in terms of uh, being targeted on routes among tight ends this year. And you think about the Raiders, who struggle against tight ends. They're given the sixth most yards per attempt to tight ends. I do think Nick Vanette is a sleeper this week. There, fine. It's also on the injury report, we expect him to play. The Ravens go to Tennessee to play the Titans. Over-under there is 41 points. That's a low number right there. Daniel wanted to have the conversation. I understand why, but the Ravens running backs this week. I've got Alex Collins ranked ahead of Buck Allen. Matthew has them reversed. Stefania has them right next to each other. So you're kind of, we kind of have all three bases right. covered. I mean, guys, like, how, like, what's the differentiating factor here for Allen versus Collins? Collins gets more work. Allen seems to find the end zone more. So when you're deciding on your rankings for Alex Collins or Buck Allen, to me, this is nothing more than, I mean, I. So, but here's the thing. I think everyone thinks Collins gets more work, but that's not actually true. Buck Allen has outsnapped Alex Collins 182 to 164 on the season. He has seven more catches than Collins has targets. He has four more red zone touches than Collins this season. Right. So how many you total know, touches, though, I guess is the point is like. I, I, I believe I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe last week out I'm almost positive Buck Allen had more total touches than Alex Collins did last week. I am almost positive. So I've got 66 total touches for Alex Collins. Okay. All right. And I have got a total of 
55 touches for Javorius Allen. So my point is that okay. Collins gets more work. Right. Ka- Allen more. scores more touchdowns. What they right. do, uh, last week, though, uh, last week he out-touched Alex Collins. Yep. So maybe there's a little bit of a changing of the guard here. You certainly can't feel confident. In terms of your confidence, it feels like Buck Allen's role has only increased, and it feels like Alex Collins' role has only decreased since the start of the season. Do you think that's fair? Um, Ish. I don't ish. think Alex Collins' think, role has increased that I just that think it much. sort of feels it's, that way because you see Buck Allen go in the end zone. And as somebody who has him and has used him as a flex play, it was like the first two weeks, I'm like, oh, no, this is a fluke. And then in the third week when I really needed a flex play, I'm like, well, no, he he might be the guy who gets in the end zone, and that's what I'm banking on. That's why literally he only got one spot higher for me. I'm just saying I think expectations or perception coming into the season was Alex Collins was going to be the workhorse. And then all of a sudden, to your Stefania's point, it was just like, oh, oh, Buck Allen. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's a vulture. Oh, no, actually. And then it keeps going on. You're like, oh, you know what? Buck Allen's a thing. Wow, Buck Collins a thing. And then and then Alex Collins fumbles a couple of times in crucial situations. You're like, hello. And then last week, Buck Allen actually out-touches Alex Collins. Like he had more total touches last week than Alex Collins. Here's here's Buck Allen's touches by week. 9, 11, 9, 12, 14. So it's, with the exception of that week three game, it's heading in the right direction right. for they Buck Allen. They also played an extra quarter last week. Yeah, yeah, of right? course. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't think this is like some major trend where Buck Allen's all of a sudden... No. Escalating up and Alex Collins is escalating down is my point here. I, I, I think it's gradual, but I, I disagree with you. I think, yes, I do think Buck Allen is trending up and I think Alex Collins is either trending flat or slightly trending down. Am I saying that all of a sudden Buck Allen's going to get 25 carries and Alex Collins is going to be a complimentary back? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is that at the start of the season, if you were projecting this, you would have said 20 touches for Collins and seven for Buck Allen. And now it's like it's 14, 15 each. And so that is that is my argument here because I think Buck Allen has the better chance to get into the end zone. I think, I think he. That's why I have him ranked higher. Uh, I say Alex. I say Buck Allen gets more fantasy points this week than Alex Collins. That sounds great. I think that Alex Collins outscores Buck Allen in fantasy this week. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. Another win for me. After fourteen targets last week, do we all of a sudden trust the volume of John Brown? Is he a you know, a volume freak. Is he a target monster, if you will, after that 14-target performance against the Browns last week? I don't know that he's a target monster, but it certainly was encouraging because he was scoring at a high rate. But the that was always kind of the knock on John Brown was he wasn't getting the volume. And then you see the volume uh, increase, and you're like, okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you know you know, I love my little John Brown, so I'm, I'm the highest among the three of us on him. Look, Titans have allowed a touchdown on over 18% of deep pass attempts, that's the third highest rate. We know that Joe Flacco loves to chuck it deep, especially to Smokey Brown. So I think he's a legit wide receiver three this week. I think he is a viable flex play as well. I think there are going to be people that are going to say, if Deion Lewis does not perform this week, could he be dropped? Have we gotten to that point, or conversely, have we gotten to the point where you think that maybe he deserves to be played this weekend? I'm at neither point. I'm in no man's land. I'm <laughs> yeah. on the fence. As this am I. I am, I'm, I'm rolling the dice. I went high on Dion Lewis. And I, I think it's just because of his potential to be versatile, his volume of receptions, 21 receptions over five games. He hasn't been particularly efficient. I think he's fumbled recently. Like, I feel like he needs to get going. But I also think part of it, you know, if you look at the five games, you can't lump them all together because there was a times when Mariota wasn't in. And, you know, they... we felt like their offense really wasn't in sync. And so to me, they're really just starting out um, because... We didn't have Mariota, and then Mariota was not himself when he first came back. So I still think there's an opportunity for Deion Lewis to move forward in terms of his production, 
But I don't I don't know that we're there yet. I'm rolling I, the dice. I, I jumped week. the gun on thinking this Titans offense is going to make a quantum leap this offseason. I thought yeah. that, you know, maybe well, the ingenuity yeah, of Matt LaFleur coming from Los Angeles was going to really dramatically shift the way this team plays offense and the output in general. Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, maybe except for Corey Davis, they've all underachieved. Well, they they have completely underachieved. To Stefan, I think Stefania brings up a good point, though. I think it's been – Mariota's been in and out of the lineup. He hasn't been 100% healthy. They lose Delaney Walker, who was a big piece to that offense as well. Yeah. I, I don't think people appreciate uh, – they lose uh, Rashard Matthews. I mean, what, he's no longer on the team. That was somebody – that, that was by choice. They, I understand, yeah. but I'm, I'm – no, I, I understand that there's there's – that's not an injury related thing, but my, I, I mean, there was whatever. He was expected to be part of the offense coming into the season when they were, when Matt LaFleur was doing his planning, when Marcus Mariota was thinking about how they were going to do it. So I think to that point, I have more confidence in Deion Lewis turning it around than I do Derrick Henry, because at least there's been some volume there for Lewis, at least 12 touches in every game this season. He's got a, a significant snap edge over Henry when they're trailing, which is, seems to be a decent amount here. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's sort of borderline flexus, and as we get into the meat of the bye weeks, I'm not dropping him just yet because I think there's, you know, a little bit of useless usefulness with him. Yeah, Stefan, you've got a lot of confidence in the Titans this week, apparently, because you're saying you should start Corey Davis. He had a wonderful game a couple of weeks ago, and then last week in a tough matchup against the Bills, was brought back down to earth a little bit, four catches, 49 yards, but you think you can get back on track against the Ravens this weekend. I can't, you know, I think we've seen that teams have scored points on the Ravens. It's not like they have been, you know, able to shut all their opponents out. So I think there's an opportunity here for the Titans. I'm, I'm still rolling on this theme that the Titans have not yet gotten in sync and that there's an opportunity to do so. I do think Marcus Mariota looked better. And I think another week of him being healthy and practicing and what Corey Davis did last week, I think there's an opportunity for them. So. Two teams well, that I was just going to say, I was going to rebut. My uh, my my fellow colleague here and say, I disagree. Corey Davis made the hate list this week. I, I think this Ravens defense is uh, better than maybe you give it credit for. Maybe. Give them credit for. They're allowing a touchdown on just 3% of pass attempts this season at the third lowest rate in the NFL. Remember they just got Jimmy Smith. One. Just remember they just remember they got Jimmy Smith back as well. They're allowing opponents to complete a league low 54% of passes this season. That would be the lowest rate over the last six years. And so Marcus Mariota, who I've said this before, and he has yet to prove me wrong, I'm not convinced he's any good when it comes to NFL starting franchise quarterbacks. You know, for a guy that went in, in the top two of the NFL draft, I'm just not convinced he's met that kind of expectation here. Stefania, you have Corey Davis at 18. I have him at 31. I say Corey Davis is outside the top 25 of wide receivers this week in fantasy wow. points. I feel a board bet coming on. I say Corey Davis is inside the top 25 of fantasy wide receivers this week. Put, Put it, it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. There the board's go. getting a lot of action today. I have a difficult and time America and the world are happy. There you go. Absolutely. I don't know what either one of these teams is. I'm having a hard time figuring it out. They're both three and two. The Ravens are favored by three, two and a half points. I got the Ravens in this game. Daniel, who do you got? Yeah, I also have the Ravens in this one, but I don't feel good about it. You shouldn't. I got the Titans and their high-flying offense with Deion Lewis and Corey Davis. <laughs> yeah. Matthew? Yeah, Raven up! Beautiful fall birthdays, anniversaries. I'm sorry, between fall birthdays, anniversaries, and big celebrations. <laughs> beautiful. And beautiful fall birthdays, too. There are a lot of days to keep track of. And let's face it, you know you're what? I never take that going back. to remember them all. I take all. it back. I'm going Titans. Sorry. go. Sorry, I'm t- I changed my mind. Could've, Tighten up. Tighten could've, up. Could have totally waited 30 more seconds for me to finish a live read, but nope. that would be off brand. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> so when your back is against the wall and her birthday or anniversary is just days away, trust 1-800-Flowers.com to have your back. 
They'll get your bouquet where it needs to go for a price you won't believe. Right now, when you order a dozen red or multicolored roses for only $29.99, 1-800-Flowers will give you another dozen plus a vase absolutely free. Choose between a beautiful arrangement of red or multicolored roses, perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, screw-ups, or board bet <laughs> victories. One hey. dozen red or multicolored roses for only twenty nine ninety nine plus another dozen and a vase for free is an unreal deal. To order a dozen or red or red or multicolored roses plus an extra bouquet and a vase for twenty nine ninety nine, go to one flowers dot com, click the radio icon, and enter the code FFF. That's one hundred flowers dot com. Code FFF. I need to really quickly say, in that read, you said both I vase both and vase. I know. I know. Every, every time vase. we do it. So a long time ago, when we did this on the show, some people like took us to task on vase versus vase. So now every live read, I would say both of them. Well, I probably like that. Secret Squirrel, will you do me a favor real quick? I, I need you to call 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> I need you to order a bouquet for Field and Stefania and just sign my name on it. Uh, just, uh, dear Stefania, dear Field. Cause he's conceding so, the board bet already. Sorry. I, you know, I heard in there that you give him out when you lose board bets. Sorry for crushing you like a gate. Grape. Sincerely, Matthew Berry. I can do that. Do if you, you know, can do that. Do you have, send, send a nice bouquet. It sounds like that's a good deal. I don't have the number saved in my phone. Do you know what 1800 it is? 1800 flowers. It's 1800 flowers is what it is. Code okay, FFF. What's the name of the radio just, yeah, icon. Make sure you use the code FFF because you know what? If you call 1800 flowers and you don't, or you go to 1800flowers.com and you don't use the code FFF, we don't get credit for it. And then you know what happens? We have to start charging for the podcast. You want this free? Come the on Colts, now. Go to Support the our sponsors. The Colts play the Jets this weekend. Jets are two and a half point favorites. Andrew Luck has thrown the ball an astonishing 121 times over the past two weeks. How confident are you, Matthew, and Andrew Luck against this Jets defense that last week uh, kind of befuddled the the Broncos for the most of the game until some late-game garbage time? Have you ever been befuddled? Yeah. When when was the last time you were befuddled? Every like 20 day. Minutes ago. Be, <laughs> How did my life lead me to sit have, right. have yeah. to sit next to Matthew Berry every day of my life? What, where did it go wrong? That that's fair. I've thought about that many times. Yeah. Yes, I, I don't blame you. I do have confidence here in Andrew Luck. I mean, the the volume there, and when you talk about the volume of Andrew Luck, it is on a historic pace. He made the love list as well this week. Get this. So the last three years. Ben Roethlisberger had three different games of 38 or more completions from 2014 to 2017. That was most in the NFL over that three-year stretch. Andrew Luck has three such games this year. He's a beast. I mean, it's unbelievable. So the volume here against a Jets secondary that candidly has struggled. They're in the, they're in the bottom half of the NFL in terms of passing yards allowed. You know, um, 14, for the quarterbacks that have thrown at least 35 passes against the Jets, it's over a thousand passing yards. And those are like Bortles and Keenum and Stafford. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, it's the last four years. Thirsty Kyle is correcting me. Last four years in terms of the Ben. We stat. talked yesterday about Naheem Hines with Marlon Mack back to practice in full, which gives us an indication that he will be playing on Sunday. Does Naheem Hines remain as a flex play for you? For me, yes, he does. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what Marlon Mack's role will be, but I don't think it'll be similar to Naheem Hines in the sense that when they get in passing situations, we just talked about the volume there. We just talk, uh, it's going to be Hines. You know, he's fourth among running backs and receptions this year. Like, Saquon Barkley, James White, and Alvin Kamara are the only running backs with more receptions than Naheem Hines. 22 touches last week. When you think about his touches, 5 to 10 to 13 to 22, it's heading in the right direction. He's earning the trust of that coaching staff and of Andrew Luck. And so in a team that's throwing a lot, yeah, give me the pass-catching running back here. We all have him in the 20s as a flex consideration. You know, Stefania, Matthew just mentioned how many uh, completions Andrew Luck has had so far this year. And we all know they're going to have to throw it. And with no T.Y. Hilton, most likely this weekend, someone's going to catch passes for the Colts. 
And by the way, just to quickly tie this, Eric Ebron might not be available either. Like, yeah. Who's going to be catching? So the question yeah. I guess to you, to, to you is, who could be available? And if you had to throw a dart at an Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, which one would it be at? Well, it would not be Zach Pascal, who I threw into my lineup out of desperation last week and almost found the ball in the end zone, but dropped a significant number of passes. I mean, this has been the problem, right? The receivers, T.Y. is so reliable for Andrew Luck, and he's not going to have him, not this week and maybe beyond. Um, but Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, it's those two. I still feel like Ryan Grant is probably his preferred target of the remaining uh, pass catchers. Interesting. Because... It goes back to training camp. When I was there and watching, it was Ryan Grant by T.Y. Hilton side by side all the time. And Andrew Luck would come over. I was always working with them and talking to them. And I remember thinking, wow, I didn't really think there was that much of a role for Ryan Grant in the offense. But turns out maybe they had a premonition that they'd be without Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton, two of his most trusted targets. Obviously, Ebron's made a case for himself as being more reliable. But he's on the injury report with not one, not two, not three but four body parts next to his name. Shin, quad, ankle, and knee. So yes. Is that bad? Cause that sounds bad. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's all four things on, on, on the leg. That's all you need lower to know. Yeah, yeah, lower body issue. Lower body issue. So, um, it remains to be seen if he'll be available. We'll learn more this afternoon. But, uh, to me, I, for me personally, it's Ryan Grant. All right. How about the Jets running backs to find it? Because we don't know if Isaiah Corral is going to play in this game. Yeah. He hasn't practiced either so far because of an ankle issue. Obviously he's been, are more productive of late for them, so they would like to have him on the field. Um, unfortunately, you know, Friday, a lot of t- teams now are waiting. You get deeper into the season, they're just like, rest during the week. Yep. So unless you've got a clue from the team already, or there's been an injury that was very obvious that looked like it could be multi-week, they're not going to show their hand until Friday practice. So again, we're waiting to hear about that for Isaiah Crowell. All right, keep an eye on that one. Yeah. If he does not play, then certainly Bilal Powell's value just escalates all the way up, probably to a top 20 running back play. Matthew, do you— And, and by the way, Bilal Powell, even with as good as Crowell has been, Bilal Powell is actually still getting more touches. I mean, everyone talks about, obviously, Crowell had that crazy 200-yard game last week. Powell still got 20 carries for 99 yards. I, I mean, you know, so—and obviously that was a game they were able to run effectively, but he's gotten more of the touches— then Isaiah Crowell, and I agree with you, if Crowell were to miss, Powell's value would shoot up significantly. Uh, we didn't get into it with the Colts real quickly. I know uh, Stefania prefers Ryan Grant. I will say the Jets really struggle against the slot. Chester Rogers is somebody that is going to be my fantasy long shot on Sunday, just as a little heads up for those of you who are watching here. I do think Rogers has a nice game here as well. We expect Quincy Newman to bounce back after a zero on five targets oh. last week. He remains, though, the Jets' most heavily targeted wide receiver and the one that Sam Darnold seems to still have the best rapport with. All right, Jets, Colts. Jets are favored by two and a half points. Who are you going with, Matthew? Give me the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Garfanya. I'm going to go with the Colts. All right. I'll go with the Jets. How about you, Daniel? I am also going with the Colts. All right. There we go. An even split on this one. We'll continue with our game previews right after this. All right, guys, and it is time for the final ZipRecruiter Fan of the Week from Jason Money. This is Jason Money, the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. I'll give a shout-out to my fam in the Get Her Done League and to my buddies in the Fantasy Islander League. Yeah, I know this season hasn't been too great because, well, look at the mediocre advice I'm getting. But I'll be holding that black chalice once again. Now, back to the show. 
Thank you to Jason Muddy. Congratulations on being the fan of the week. We go to Monday Night Football now. The 49ers at the Packers right here on ESPN. Someone's supposed oh, to come on. There's so many buttons. I've got to drag <laughs> things down. Oh, and right here wow. on ESPN. Oh, <laughs> if only it never happens when Tarika's here. Am I right? Oh. Or am I right, guys? It never happens when Tarika's here. If only you knew what was coming up next on the. I've on got the three different faders, two different buttons. I'm going through two different programs to make all these big things words work. To make it sound like it's important. Fader, fader big word fader. according to Princeton over there. <laughs> Alfred Morris could be filling in for Matt Breida on Monday, Stefania. Or not? Or not? Or not? Or not. Or not. See, feel nice because we're in the same crew. We're in the same crew. So Let's we're in sync like that. Thing. Um, yeah, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan. Leaving that is the door correct. Open. He is the, uh, he is the 49ers head coach. He is indeed. And he's leaving the door open for Matt Breda saying that I'm not ruling him out. He'll be day to day. Still the same case. Still keeping our fingers crossed for it. You know, he injured his ankle last week. The MRI came back. They uh, reported that it was not a high ankle sprain, although it certainly looked like it could be a mechanism for that. It certainly kept him out of the remainder of the game. But last, uh, I also heard that he was walking through the locker room yesterday. No noticeable limp. Ankles wrapped, but not in any kind of protective device. So Matt Breda really trying to make the case for playing on Monday night. All right. If he does not play on Monday night, we've all got Alfred Morris ranked accordingly as like a top 20 play uh, or not as well, like we're, well, as a top twenty player. Yeah, we're all we're all well, we're ranking him as if Brita won't play, which because is exactly it, what I just said. Right, is no, if but, he doesn't play, Alfred Morris is ranked as a top twenty running back. But I, I think it's worth talking about what happens if he does play. Okay. Yes, well, it's, it's where we're getting to. If you just allow the train to stay on the tracks here, <laughs> yes. If he does not play, or if he does play, where would you accordingly rank Alfred Morris, Matthew? <laughs> no, no, no. You you keep going. Choo, yeah, he, choo. he did keep that train on track. Go, go ahead. Go no, ahead. Your turn. Is it my turn? Yeah. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, look, I I like Morris here, okay? Like, uh, th- I, I get it. It has been disappointing. What's exciting to me about is the fact, the volume. 21 touches last week, at least 12 carries in four out of five games so far this season. I like the fact that uh, he actually caught three passes on Sunday. We've talked a lot about on the show about how C.J. Beathard likes to target the running back and uh, how significantly they have done that. Packers have struggled against the run so far. They allow the seventh most yards per carry after first contact this season. So I think if Matt Breida is not playing on Monday night, I think you see a lot of Alfred Morris and Kyle Juszczyk, who obviously got a lot of pass catches, uh, caught a lot of passes uh, last week against the Cardinals, and I think you'd see action for him. He's interesting in deeper PPR leagues. Aaron Jones, we've gotten to the point now where we are not going to tell you to play him, even in a very favorable matchup. We have, all of us do, have him ranked outside of the top 30. If this becomes the breakout week, I will be less disappointed in myself for not ranking him as a top 20 play and more excited that the breakout rate week has arrived because we've <laughs> all been waiting for it. Obviously, we've talked about it extensively. We know how Matthew feels here. We'll wait and see on Aaron Jones. But the wide receivers in Green Bay. He will all... go off, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't have him ranked high enough? Because right, right. last, last week I'm like, oh, this is the breakout game. This is the this is the coming out party for Aaron Jones. And then, of course, they don't go to him. So now that I'm just like, you know what? All right, I, apparently I was wrong on Aaron Jones. I still believe in his talent, but I like the cut of his jib. But uh, Mike McCarthy does not agree with me, so I rank him low, and I just will have to wait and see. That's that's that means he will go off on Monday night. Injury updates on these forty nine. I'm sorry, these Packers wide receivers, Stefania, Randall Cobb, and Geronimo Allison both sat last week. It's early for a Monday night injury report, but 
what's our uh, our first forecast for those two players? Well, Randall Cobb, uh, limited in practice, so m- making his way back. Sounds like he has a real shot to go. Geronimo Allison has cleared the concussion protocol, according to Mike McCarthy, but does remain on the injury report with a hamstring issue. Uh, still, I think they're encouraged about the potential for his availability. And Devontae Adams, we, al- we obviously saw him play and play well, despite being on the injury report last week. So all three of them could be available for Monday night. It actually sounds like Aaron Rodgers is feeling the worst between him and his receivers. Took a took a hit. His knee uh, came out of the game more sore. Had tried going with a smaller brace and is now potentially going back to the larger brace. You know, a lot of the quarterbacks don't like to wear the big braces, but frankly, Aaron Rodgers performed well in it before. And I think for his safety and protecting him, they may go to that one regardless. He's not in danger of missing the game. But I just think it's it's worth noting. Something to file away when you're watching right, right. the game on Monday night. Listen, if. Uh, Randall Cobb plays and Geronimo Allison does not. It still seems like it's possible that Equinemius St. Brown could be the third wide receiver in a perimeter wideout role as opposed to Marquez, Marquez Valdez Scantling. We'll keep an eye on that as we get closer to Monday night. The Packers are nine and a half point favorites. Ugh. And they cover. Matthew? <laughs> Uh, I think that's a big number, so I'm going to take the 49ers. To find his 49ers here, I will say I think you see a lot of Jimmy Graham there instead of whether it's He's also one of the two one him. of the two yeah. r- rookies as well. Um, even if Matt Breida is active, because we didn't actually get around to that. I will say that he's not somebody I feel comfortable starting. But as Stefania always talks about, especially with a Monday night game, Saturday is the key day for the Packers. Except. The Packers have a different practice schedule than everybody else. And I just confirmed it with Rob Domofsky about okay. two minutes ago. Oh, go ahead. That they will actually shift their practice to Sunday this week. Because oh. the Packers, you know how they don't have practice on Friday. They do Saturday because yep. they like to do the day before. So I assumed, because that's a philosophical thing, that they would want to continue it for Monday night. He confirmed it. So Sunday will be the day. So you may not totally have your You picking your 49ers, Stefania? You know, every time I pick them to cover, it doesn't quite happen. I'm going to go with the Packers and try the reverse psychology. I'll take one for the team, 49ers. Daniel? I will take one for you okay. if you cover. Well, since Stefania took the Packers, I will take the 49ers. There wow. you go, Rams. So, Thirsty to- Kyle points up Packers 31-17. Kyle, of course, is a big Packers fan. So there you go. He's he's taken to Green Bay You know, last projection that uh, Kyle made was the Packers beating the Lions. You remember that? Remember that yeah. game, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember that game. That was Daniel like talking your little brother voice yeah, right yeah. there. Exactly. From Daniel. I don't know. I, the Rams it's, go it's to so Denver, good. where it's supposed to be about 20 degrees with snow on Sunday. But the real storyline going into this game, Stefania, is the health of Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, who seem uh, to be Brandon Cooks and Matthew's little Cooper Cup, who thank seem you. to be making some strides on Thursday during practice. Yes, uh, Lindsay Theory posting a nice little video clip of both of them doing drills, running routes. You know, it's nice to see them that active. Again, non-linear. Non-linear. Right? Thank you. But Got that tattoo uh, to my arm. I know, which is great. I love that everybody's saying that. But it's important, right? Because every, it's a graded progression. Mm-hmm. And so doing what they were allowed to do, they looked good, felt good. The only inter- the interesting thing for me is I just wonder how altitude affects you. You know, depending how much altitude affects you anyway, sometimes there can be an adjustment for players. And if there's coming off a concussion, sometimes that can be, they can be a little more sensitive to the altitude. So I'm going to stay obviously following this pretty closely, but Sean McVay, very encouraged about what they're doing so far. And Sean McVay, one of the more transparent head coaches when it comes to injury updates throughout the weeks, throughout the week, if either one of them sat, Josh Reynolds would be the deeper league streamer slash flyer ad to note, Texas A&M product, 2017 draft pick, had two catches for 39 yards last week. 
Now, they spread the football around as they are wont to do, but keep an eye on Josh Reynolds if you're looking for a last-minute desperation play if Cook or Cup sits out. And by the way, they're supposed to go full in practice today, so this will be a good test for both those receivers. It's worth noting that Reynolds last year when Watkins missed a couple of games, he caught a touchdown. I know they like him. Talking to... Uh, when I was talking to the Rams in the off season, talking to some of their people in the front office before they required Brandon Cooks and before they knew whether or not they were going to be able to retain Sammy Watkins, they were like, "Yeah, if for some reason we, you know, if Watkins doesn't come back, we like Josh Reynolds a lot. We think there's something special with that kid." So I agree with you. I think he would have he'd be very interesting if either one of those guys were to miss. Philip Lindsay has played well for the Broncos, yet there are enough snaps being taken up by Devontae Freeman and Royce Freeman. The Brothers Freeman, if you will. Devontae Booker, you mean. Uh, Devontae Booker and Royce Freeman. What's our confidence level here in Philip Lindsay this Sunday against the Rams? Who, Ndamukong Sue, the Rams standout defensive lineman, said our run defense is terrible. Yeah, and by the way, Ndamukong right. Sue is correct. I mean, <laughs> whoa, hello. Uh, Fields, uh, Fields just had a mic issue. Um, and, and so... Yeah, I mean, and Dominican Sue is correct. He's got a job as an NFL analyst here when he's uh, done playing. Because the fact of the matter is the Rams are allowing a league high two Ding. point Yeah, thank you. A league high two point three six yards per carry after first contact. They're allowing teams to run and they're not tackling particularly well. And so in a game field, as you mentioned, that's going to be very cold. That's going to have uh that that they expect snow at twenty degrees. My expectation is that Broncos, who have run the ball really well. This year, you know what I mean? I, they, they, I mean, they, they, their offense has struggled because of Case Keenum, but when they've run the ball, they've run really well. Both Lindsey and Freeman are averaging, you know, uh, really, really nice numbers here, right? I mean, Lindsey's averaging 5.8 yards per carry so far. And so you think about the Rams who are giving up five yards per carry this season. I think both guys get enough workload to be worthy of low end RB2, high end flex play consideration. Marcus Peters recently referred to a phrase he's often lived by, which is bleep it. Basically bleep it when it comes to the criticism and some of the noise that's being said about him right now. But the reason I mention that is he's really struggled and the Rams are already without a keep to leave. Demarius Thomas had 105 receiving yards last week, but a lot of it came on a junk time touchdown catch, which he just barely hauled in. How confident are we in Demarius Thomas this week, Matthew? Not super confident because of the because of the weather, because it it's been a tough year for Demarius Thomas. If there's something to hang your hat on, it's that look. Yes, it was a lot on a junk time, but there's a chance against the Rams. There's going to be there's going to yeah. be some junk time, and we think about that Kansas City Chiefs game as well. Again, he was wide open. If Case Keenum just makes an NFL throw, he waltzes into the end zone. And Case so Keenum's it, like Eli Manning, just like a little bit better. I mean, wow, he stinks. Wow. Thanks. I don't know who, I don't know if that's a worse insult to Eli Manning or to Case Keenum. Definitely Case Keenum. Did you watch Eli last night? I did. I watched it all. Ugh. I watched, I, to but, be honest, I thought it was you out there slinging passes. I mean, honestly, as somebody who had Sterling Shepard going in a couple leagues, yeah, that was brutal to watch. And I'm sure everyone that had Odell, we will get into the, the Thursday night game on Monday. We'll recap that. I think he's a low end wide receiver too this week field. If there's a positive here, it's that, um, you know the Rams have because of the the injuries to their secondary of well they have they have not been as dominant as we would have expected. But Far in a bad it. weather game and with a bad quarterback, you don't have a ton of confidence here. Do the Rams cover six and a half point favorites on Jared Goff's twenty fourth birthday? 
I believe they do. Give me the Rams. I got the Rams as well. How about you, Stefania? I'm going with the Rams. Daniel? Anything less than a touchdown, I'm always taking with the Rams. Jared Ram Goff up. turns 24. Stefania tells us about 23 and me. Oh, 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 wow. oh damn. You know, Look that, at that is, segue. That is professional posting. Boom. So good. Boom. And on that note. 23andMe is a DNA testing service that can offer insights into your ancestry, health, wellness, and traits. The 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service includes reports on how your DNA can influence your weight, sleep quality, caffeine intake, sense of taste, whether you are likely to be lactose intolerant, and more. It's easy to do, Matthew, even for you. Hey, now. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit and mail I know how to spit. (laughs) Mail your saliva sample back to the lab to be analyzed. The bitter taste report and sweet versus salty reports tell you DNA can play a role in determining your food preferences from sweet to salty to bitter. Sleep reports. The deep sleep report tells you if you're more likely to be an especially deep sleeper. The sleep movement report tells you how much you're likely to move during your sleep based on your DNA. The saturated fat and weight report tells you based on your genetics how your weight might be affected by saturated fats in your diet. And the lactose intolerance report sheds insight into how your genetics might affect your ability to digest dairy products. Order your 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service Kit at 23andMe.com slash FFF. That's the number 23andMe.com slash FFF. Hey, is it time for a crappy promo yet? Uh, Well, we can. Yeah, can you do it? You want to do do it now? Yeah, let's do it right now. Sure. Why not? It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. I don't know if you guys remember, but in the first week of the season, the, the first column that I wrote in week one, I wrote the story about Travis Anderson, who is a 37-year-old fantasy football commissioner. Uh, he's a father of three, and he's recently been diagnosed with uh, stage four brain cancer. And so uh, I wrote about him and... Uh, the support that, uh, you know, people sent to me on behalf of Travis was uh, tremendous. A lot of people reached out saying they were touched by Travis's story and they wanted to know how they could help out. So, um, anyway, Travis's family, um, he's doing well. He's, you know, uh, awesome. every day is a, awesome. a struggle, but he is, um, uh, he's doing well and, uh, as well as can be given everything. But anyway, his family has set up a GoFundMe for, uh, for Travis. And so if you are interested in helping him out, uh, you can go to my Twitter page and it's pinned to the top of my Twitter page. So there you go. Nice. Worthwhile cause there. We Absolutely. give our best to Travis, his family, and all those fighting the good fight. Uh, cancer is a horrific ailment and continue to wish all those that are inflicted by it and have been and nothing but positive prayer sent your way. Yeah. And just, and just, I'll, I'll just to give a quick shout out to, uh, when they read the story, um, uh, the V Foundation reached out, and so Travis has been in touch with the V Foundation, and I won't get into any of the details, but just uh, as tra- they've been very helpful, I'll just they've been they've been very helpful. It continues v to be Foundation a great organization, the, uh, the Jimmy V Foundation for cancer research. Bills go to Houston to play the Texans. Let's start with Lashawn McCoy. We discussed his value as the possibility of him not being a Bill yesterday, but he has a Bill for now against the Houston Texans run defense that last week actually played really well against. Ezekiel Elliott. I think it was 20 carries for 46 yards. What's McCoy's value this week, Maddie? About that. I'm at 22. I think his value is at running back 22. I mean, he's a low end, he's a low end RB2. You're encouraged by the volume from last week. 
But to your point, just 3.5 yards per carry. And the Texans have a pretty good defense, right? I mean, they're the fourth fewest yards per carry allowed this year, 3.44. Uh, they're one of just four defenses this year to get to allow multiple rushing touchdowns. They shut down Zeke last week as well. You know, it's been 102 touches, 102 long touches field since LaShawn McCoy got into the end zone. And that's what I think you're going to need here for him to vault above anywhere in that 20 range. So you probably have to start him, but I don't know that you feel great about his chances of really going off here. Sure don't tough feel, matchup. Sure don't feel great myself. Stefani on the other side of it, Lamar Miller missed, well, he was active, right. but did not play for the Texans. What do you expect this week? Will he even be healthy on the field? Yeah, he was upgraded to full practice yesterday. Okay. I think he was really close. It was a question of, you know, he didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't do anything all week. So right. I think he was there in sort of that emergency role. Something happened to Alfred Blue. They could have, they could have put him in. Uh, the fact that he's upgraded his practice early in the week, he'll be fine to go. I call that the Ben Roethlisberger role, by the way, where he claims to be like, <laughs> yeah. remember that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> claims to be unable to play, like, you know, whatever, has a knee that would you know force most players to retire probably won't play this sunday and then dresses but isn't active and then ends up replacing landry, landry jones, jones in like, like two minutes two yeah, minutes in yeah. that's the better we all program. remember that uh kiki cutie is he worth the flex look he's been unbelievable over these past two weeks matthew in terms of volume productive uh productivity he's been really good he's been terrific i have him ranked as a wide receiver four and i might be too low on him to be honest yeah, I, but tough. the expectation is because I need to see him do it in a in a game in which Will Fuller, I believe, is fully healthy. Because last week, I know he was active he to find nice it, but the snaps, he was fully healthy last week. Well, yeah, he's, but here's the here's the thing: ahead. Will Fuller is not like Will Fuller's a guy I have in leagues. I'm still starting him, but like the fully healthy, like the impression he's passed this, he's not. He stays on the injury report. They're limiting him in practice. He's had a hamstring injury since the preseason. Remember the uh, prior week? I told you when he came out of the game, it wasn't because he had a setback. But I think he's functioning. You know, we talked about Leonard Fournette being like maybe 80%, but he can't go full go. So that, that's why they keep having these problems. I think Will Fuller is sort of functioning in that margin as well, where he's pretty good. He's good enough to play. He's going to be out there. But there's a chance, you know, he's not 100%. So I think that's why Kiki Cutie, not only did he was he able to get some run, but he was able to prove himself. So it's, just, it's a little trickier. He's a talented young player, and, and of the three of us, I actually ranked him the highest. But I have him at 36, so which is in wide receiver four territory. So in terms of trust, no. I mean, I think all of us have Will Fuller ranked ahead of Kiki Cutie. It will take... I need one more game before I'm willing to put him automatically as a starter. But I certainly think in deeper leagues he makes sense as a flex play, as somebody who's sort of, uh, I'm guessing he's fairly cheap on DFS sites as well. So that that's how I sort of I see him as kind of a low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four. Feels like a big number for the Texans who were two and three, and both of those wins came in overtime. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites Oof. against mm. the Bills. I'm going with the Texans. Daniel, how about you? Yeah, Fuel, I appreciate you coming to me because I don't stall when I'm trying to make my picks like some of these other people do. So I'm also going to take the Texans. Except Fine. you just well, did to give that disclaimer. How about um, you, Stefan? I'm going to give the you. Texans. Okay, Matthew, who do you got? The truth of the matter is is that when I stall, I'm considering, I'm pondering all possibilities. Does it not I'm not, count I, you, you know say what the truth of the matter is rather than the fact of the matter? The is fact of the matter thing? is, the truth of the matter is, I'm not some Johnny shoot from the hip like you, Secret Squirrel, where I don't think about anything. Where it I'm seems just like, like hey, it with your is, record, you know no. what I'm saying, Matthew? Hey, yo! I'm better than you! I'm better than you! Who's your pick? Yeah. I'm picking the Bills. Seven and a half's a big number. I'm taking the Bills. 
All right, yeah, the Bills. Chiefs. Bill, <laughs> nobody circles the wagons. Stephen Hashka for president. Hashka, thank you. Yeah. He's from Needham, Massachusetts. Yeah. Nope, Stephen Hashka for president. It's a different guy. He's a buddy of mine. Direct <laughs> line right yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs at the Patriots this Sunday night uh, at Gillette Stadium. 59.5 points. A massive, massive over-under. Over pound the over. Pound it. Um, Kyle ran a poll last night. And the question was, uh, it's a DFS question. Brady and White, James White, um, have the same collective cost as Patrick Mahomes and Kareem Hunt. Who would you take if you could stack those two, understanding they're the exact same price? The Twitter masses voted, and their answer was Patrick Mahomes and Kareem Hunt, 56 to 44%. The slight edge there for Kansas City. I'm going to ask one quick health question, and then we're going to cut to the heart of this. Um, Chris Hogan missed practice on Thursday, Stefania. He did not, as far as I know, have any limitations on Wednesday. This to me feels like a red flag. Yeah, he, he was he was listed as limited on Wednesday. He actually didn't practice yesterday, and I, I think there's reason to be concerned. Not only because he's banged up and he hasn't been that involved in the offense, but I think you're going to concede yet a more. And I know they're not the same player. But you're going to see a more expanded role for Josh Gordon. Yep. Stavanya, that's part of the equation here for the Patriots. And they're thinking when acquiring Josh Gordon, understanding it was going to take some time to get him up to speed. He himself has been limited all week with that hamstring issue. So he's not 100%. I think there's a chance, though, that this is the week where his snap count goes up yep. in a more precipitous way than it did from his first game to his second game. So the question is this. Is there any player amongst the notable fantasy commodities on either team that you're not playing in this game on Sunday, Matthew. I think the only two options would be, I guess, Sammy Watkins or Josh Gordon. Like, are you playing Josh Gordon might be the only question here. Because everybody else you're playing. Graham Hunt, Gronk, Patrick Mahomes, Brady. Look, obviously it depends on your options. Uh, but I have Josh Gordon in a 12-team league and I'm playing him. A 12-team three wide receiver league, I'm playing him. Now, that's the league that's the staff league. And Matt Bowen put up 40 on me last night because he's got Saquon Barkley. So I need to sort of swing for the fences. So I'm starting Josh Gordon against him. Uh, but if Hogan were to miss this game, that's certainly, uh, encouraging there. And we talked about this a little bit with Gordon. He's, he, this is now his fourth week with a team. He's increased his snaps. The two games he's played, it's been, they played Thursday night in their last week. So he's had 10 games, 10 days to sort of prepare for this. And because when you think about matching the firepower of the Kansas City Chiefs, you want as many weapons out there as possible. Yeah. It is risk reward. No doubt about it, but. I'm I'm uh, I'm starting Josh Gordon this week. All right, the Patriots are three and a half point favorites in this game. <laughs> really difficult one here, Matthew. Who you're taking? And do not you darn filibuster. Don't do it. I'm not going to filibuster. I don't like filibustering. I don't think it's fair to say what I do is filibustering. Honestly, I'll take the field. Chiefs. Field. <laughs> Daniel's got the Chiefs. Stefania, who do you got? Three and a half point. So you're saying they cover? Yes, Stefania. Uh, the Chiefs I mean, are getting three and a half. I know. Aren't they? they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Definitely. Chiefs are getting yeah, three and a sure. half. So I'll take the Chiefs. Matthew? I will take the Chiefs as well. I think the Patriots win this game close, but I think the Chiefs cover. That's my. Yeah, that's, I know. It's really hard. This. I feel like it's going to be difficult a shoot. one. Whoever, to... whoever holds the ball last is the winner. That could be right. Exactly. Yeah. And any concerns on Sony Michelle either who showed up on the injury reports? To um, is, it goes back to my original preseason. I think there's some longer term concerns about him, but not, not so much for this week. Cool. So I'm doing a lot of features with the team website, which you don't often see for a right. player that might not be available that Sunday, Again, just to, to sort of further the conference. A little more predictable yeah. if you pay close attention. The Panthers at the first place, Washington Redskins, this Sunday. That's right, baby. 
First place. <laughs> first place, Washington Redskins. Among the last Stefania. placers. I mean, uh, although... Probably the well, most injury concerned on this game out of any so far. We've got Greg Olson and then also the two Washington running backs. Yeah. Um, so Greg Olson, great news. I think uh, I'm excited to see him come back this week. All signs pointing to him coming back. Ron Rivera talking about him coming back. So unless there's a surprise, I expect to see Greg Olson take the field this week. On the Washington running back side of the ball, uh, if you watch this game and... I know someone in the room watched it closely, but watching it on TV. Yeah. Some, thought, some people actually paid money and traveled a long distance right. to watch that in person. I'm sorry. But yeah. Especially because uh, the that. injury things. I thought Adrian Peterson was potentially out for, you know, I thought he was going to be out for weeks with a big injury when he had that knee hyperextension. It was a scary looking thing. And then when he left the game, he came back and then he left again. But you know why he left? Because he dislocated his shoulder on yeah. the opposite side. That was actually the bigger injury. Uh, very tough guy. It sounds like he's going to do everything he can to play, but he's not necessarily going to be 100%. Really worried about Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson uh, was struggling already in that game before he took that big hit that blew him up at the end with the rib injury. And he's been limited in practice this week, but... Uh, with him just getting so banged up at the end, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Thompson does not play. All right, no. if he doesn't play, Matthew, that's Capri Pibbs time, I suppose. It, it certainly is, and especially when you think about Stefania saying maybe limited, I don't want to say limited snaps for Adrian Peterson, but maybe not the full complement, uh, the full workload that we were used to seeing with Peterson here against a Carolina Panthers run defense that's eighth in the NFL. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good run defense. And so you think about this Carolina Panthers defense that allows 8.8 yards per completion to running backs. That's 10th highest in the NFL that, uh, is allowing a touchdown on a league high 9.1% of running back targets, a very small sample size, but it does seem like when it comes to the running back position, you're, it's, it's so far this year, it's been easier to move the ball against the Panthers through the air with your running backs than it has been up the middle. And so with Adrian Peterson not 100%, if Chris Thompson doesn't play, I do think Capri Bibbs becomes a very viable flex play. And what should be a reasonably high-scoring game? What's the what's the over-under on this game? It is 44 uh, and a half. 44 and a half. Yeah. Huh. Not, that's a pretty low I might low take the number. over. I, okay. I don't know that I agree with that but uh, number, so I might take uh, the over there. In any event, um, anyway. we should get some more clarity on the Redskins running backs by Friday afternoon when Jay Gruden has this press conference as I'm sort of working my way through stuff in here. But uh, for the Panthers, we talked about Greg Olson, the likelihood that he returns a little bit earlier on in the week. We all have him ranked outside the top 10, which when Greg Olson plays, we normally would not have him ranked there. But in a tight end wasteland, which is really what the position is, I'm just, I mean, Matthew highlighted Nick Vanette as a sleeper earlier yeah. on yeah. in the show. I put Olson in one of my lineups. Yeah, you're going to have very few options that are better than Greg Olson if you don't already roster someone like Gronk or Kelsey or just, Zach Ertz. I just feel like it feels like every time he comes back, he gets hurt. I mean, like, well, the, the, let's, like let's, I mean, let's like, be fair. Recency bias. This is only in the last year that the guys had injuries. I understand, but I mean, like last year he got hurt and then he came back and then he immediately got hurt again and then this year he comes back and he gets hurt again. I mean, I just, I mean, his his number of games completed is not particularly strong in over the last eight games he's played. Fair. You know, I, I mean, think there's a risk of re-injury here. Yeah. That's fair. Redskins so, return to home. 44.5 points is the over-under. The Redskins are 1.5-point favorites. Taking the Panthers. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, sorry. I think they're going to be without some weapons, and Carolina's upbeat. I take the Panthers. I, I'm, I'm taking the Panthers as well. I was shocked to see the Redskins favorite in this game. Yeah, remember, these lines can often be set before Monday Night Football. Right. Daniel, right. what do you got? I am also taking the Panthers. 
There you have it. Steelers go to Cincinnati, and an I hope AFC I'm wrong. North game is very important here. Road Ben, it's been a thing for a long time, but he's been sort of better against uh, or on the road so far this season. He just hasn't been very good in the division so far. That's been his real like that's been his real uh, thorn in his side. Two touchdown passes and four interceptions and two division games so far this yeah. year. How confident are you? I'm not super confident. Oh, look, um, and. and I could be dead wrong on this because you both defenses have struggled here, right? Cincinnati's twenty first against the pass so far this season. They're you know um, uh, they've struggled, but and the, and the over under in this game is fifty three. But I'm taking the under in this game. I feel like this is a these are two teams that hate each other. This is a divisional battle. It always feels like Bengals Steelers is a slugfest, and so I understand what the numbers say. So this is entirely a gut call that I feel like this is a low-scoring game that features the running backs. I think it's a lot of James Conner and Joe Mixon. And so I have Big hmm. Ben and Andy Dalton outside my top 10. Interesting. Okay, now you I don't, disagree? I, no, I don't disagree. I have both. I have Dalton at 10 and Roethlisberger at 13 this week. But to your point about it being a run-heavy game, you do have Tyler Boyd ranked 15, which is highest amongst all of us. I've got him at 24, Stefani at 22. People are wondering, hey, Two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, he was awesome. Last week, he goes four for 44. You feel confident in Tyler Boyd, though, against this really bad Steelers defense? Especially given how much they struggle in the slot. My expectation is that Joe Hayden will try to shadow A.J. Green. Now, remember last week, they did move A.J. Green into the slot uh, more than they have previously this season to try to avoid Xavier Howard. Um, But, so you'll see some Joe Hayden on A.J. Green, but I still think, you know, at least 50% of the slot snaps are going to go to Tyler Boyd. He has at least seven targets in four straight games. He, uh, he has, he is leading the Bengals in targets over that stretch. He's top 15 in the NFL in terms of targets. So the volume has always been there for Tyler Boyd so far this season. And then the Steelers really struggle against the slot. They allow the second highest completions to the slot so far this season. Um, you know, I, I just feel like Boyd is somebody that has been candidly matchup proof, and especially when I see some, when I expect to see shadow coverage of Joe Hayden on AJ Green, Boyd maybe get a little bit more love this season as well. But Tyler Boyd can have a very good game, and Andy Dalton and Ben Roethlisberger can still fin- finish outside the top ten. Bengals are two I mean, and a half. I have point. Antonio Brown obviously as a, a top pick, and I sure. still have Ben outside the top ten. So uh, I Bengals assume you are, do as well. I do as well. Uh, the Bengals are two and a half point favorites here. Stefania, I think the Bengals, I think the Steelers win this one. What do you got? I think the Steelers cover and win. Yeah, it feels like this. I feel like Cincinnati defense comes up big. I'm going to take the Bengals. Daniel, I'm going to take the Bengals. Matthew, I am as well. Too, I, Ooh. I'm like no. I'm sorry. I'm taking. I'm taking the Steelers. I don't nice think. Pick. I don't think. Yeah. The, yeah, nice I don't pick. think the Steelers. I don't think the Bengals. Cu- I mean, the Bengals are two and a half point favorites. So for the Bengals to win by three, yeah, I don't. Uh, Field goal. I, well, where's where's that bone? I just want to. Where's that dog toy bone? Where's the Bengal bone? It's over in the corner. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. I was just gonna hand it to you. All right. Chargers go to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns who are two, two and one. For L.A., I think one of the questions that's coming up a lot is, like, can you flex or should you be flexing Austin Eckler? He has a 20-yard gain in every game so far this season, but the volume is pretty insignificant, so especially with the way that Melvin Gordon is playing. Eckler, make your flex radar, Matthew? No. I mean, I mean Close I, to it, though. Yeah, close to it. I mean, I have him at 35, so running back four. So it depends on what other options you have. Like, I don't think it's a terrible option there. Um, look, to your point, over – 
12 and a half fantasy points in four of five different games this season. You expect them to move the ball against the Browns, honestly, but uh, I think this is a big Melvin Gordon game. So I think I have him just outside of flex range for me, but yes, no question about it. If you're sitting there, you're a little bit desperate and you're looking around. I, I don't think Austin Eckler puts up a zero. Like, I don't think he's going to kill your week. Yeah, he's too involved, and they do find touches for him every single week. So that's why he's on the flex radar. Mike Williams kind of fallen off that flex radar, by the way. He's in the 40s for each of us, a wide receiver five, just 15 catches so far. We love the player, and we think he's got some red zone ability. But for now, with the way this offense is operating, Mike Williams is nothing more than a true dart throw in a large league. But Baker Mayfield's a really interesting name here. We don't have him as a starter this week, Matthew, but... Could you talk yourself into it? 100% I could talk myself into it. Oh, okay. I am, I'm as QB 15 this week, so mm. I am as a mid-tier QB 2. So depending on the size of your league, depending on what your situation is, maybe you don't have Matthew Stafford this week, you don't have Drew Brees, you're right. looking around, somebody beat you to Winston on the waiver wire, you're not like, I can't I can't go to Bortles, I can't go to Bortles land. Yeah, absolutely. Char- uh, Chargers are allowing the fourth most yards per catch after reception this season. And over the last two weeks, when Mayfield has been the starting quarterback, Brown's actually sixth in the NFL in yards per catch after reception. They've been able to get those guys in a space and get some big plays here. And so the Chargers defense, which coming into the season we all expected to be one of the elite defenses in the NFL, has been has been inconsistent, I think is a fair way to say. They're 21st in scoring defense. In terms of, you know, yeah. the most just NFL points that they give up, uh, honestly. So I, I thought this was a good stat that Thirsty Kyle pulled about Baker Mayfield. So here's the list over the last two weeks, obviously, that when Baker, the, the sample size of when Baker Mayfield's been the starting quarterback of the Browns. Last two weeks, here's the entire list of players that have at least 40 pass attempts, at least 295 passing yards, and at least one passing touchdown each of the last two weeks. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, and Baker Mayfield. Pretty good list to be on. Not cool, Keith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that list. Yeah, there you go. So, Not bad. So Not yes. bad. We've got him at 15 for Matthews. Stefania at 16. I have got him at 17. And David Njoku has been a beneficiary of Baker Mayfield. He has seen the ball more frequently with Baker than he did with Tyrod Taylor. He's got 11 catches for seven, on 17 targets over the past two weeks compared to nine catches on 16 targets in his first three games, which puts him on that sort of, uh, you know, potential starting tight end radar. You know, the the Browns have a lot of potential pass catchers opposite of Jarvis Landry. Just a note that Rashard Higgins has been pretty good yep. for them. Probably not going to play in this game. People are wondering, yeah. could Antonio Callaway be back on the radar? Like, good <clears throat> luck if you want to start Antonio Callaway. I think Derek Willies. I pronounce that last name right, Keith? You are. Willies. Yes. Has a chance. He's a big, big bodied wide receiver. Not the fastest guy in the world, but he might actually be the next wide receiver besides Jarvis Landry to make an impact for the Browns. Callaway's the deep threat, but we've seen some inconsistent play from him. We've the seen, Browns, but what's been amazing, Field, is that even though we've seen this inconsistent play, the volume continues to be there for Antonio Callaway. And so in a game in which I think the Browns are going to have to score to keep up with the Chargers, because we all like Rivers and we all think yeah. the Chargers offense obviously going to be able to move the ball here. Uh, I do think, look, it is the ultimate boom bust. It is, I, I'd be curious what IBM Watson thinks the boom bust here is. I mean, cause it's probably like a, a super wide range on Antonio Callaway, but I think he's a, I think he's a low end. He's a, a poor man's version of Josh Gordon from a fantasy perspective and that he, all he needs is one play and they are going to take a few deep shots to him. So it, it depends on sort of how lucky you feel and what your situation is. But uh, I do think Callaway's worthy of consideration just because of, 
uh, the amount of pass attempts I expect to happen, and no Higgins. I will Charge- tell you, twenty point eight percent chance to boom, according to Watson. Twenty four point five percent chance to bust wow. in that range of five points to fifteen points. So, so Chargers wide range. Chargers are a half point favorite in this game. I got the Browns. Give me the Browns, Keith. Give me the Browns. Wow, Matthew. Half point, right? Just a half point. Ooh, so it's know. really a pick 'em. It's a, it's, that's, that's what those half points mean. The I, Browns are so confident they're giving points away to the Chargers. Who you got, Daniel? I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers as well. Bolt Char- up. Chargers. Go Chargers, go. Bears off a of bye, go to Miami please to play the Dolphins. Never do that again. So please don't ever do that again. You know, I, give me one second, Field. I will make you a deal. I'll make you a deal right now, me and you. I'm looking at you, Secret Scroll, right here, into your soul. Yep, I see it. I will okay. make a solemn swear I like where you're on at. the lives of my daughters okay. to never do my bad Arnold Go Chargers Go impression again. I don't like where this is heading. I know where this is going. If you promise never to do the hamstring again. <laughs> nope. I already did it. Okay. Moving on. We got to go. But go Chargers Go. Bears at Dolphins. This game is in Miami. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen seemingly in good spots. We want to see Jordan Howard get involved again. There's been all kinds of... Weird speculation about his fit in this offense recently, but we all still have him ranked inside our top 20 amongst running backs this week, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the bigger question here is uh, Tariq Cohen, who had, you know, obviously a really nice game just before the bye in that huge game where Trubisky throws six touchdown passes. Miami's got a much better defense, obviously, than Tampa Bay, but you can run on them. They're 20th against the run, and so on the road at Miami, I do expect a heavy workload for Jordan Howard, who through the first three weeks had at least 21 touches per game. Week four, obviously, was that Trubisky explosion, and that was kind of the exception. They were on a bye last week. So, yeah, we we think Howard gets back to workhorse back levels. Pretty solid start to the season for Allen Robinson. Seven-plus targets or a touchdown in all four games this season. Any concerns? Maybe Xavier Howard gets involved in the coverage scheme, and that might be something that scares you away a little bit, Matthew, or no? A little bit, yeah. He's just outside my top 20. He made the hate list, which is always about expectations in terms of projections. So I think he falls short of his projections this week. I do think Xavier Howard is going to cover him as well. Mike Clay, who does such a great job with the wide receiver cornerback matchup column, has him projected as shadowing here. Allen Robinson, Dolphins top 10 in terms of deep completion percentage against, deep touchdowns against, deep interceptions you know, um, the Bears ranked 25th in pass percentage this season. So I just think, given this matchup, I think it is a heavy run game. I think it's a lot of Howard and Cohen. I don't know that the volume is going to be there, and it's going to be super successful for Robinson. You're hoping he gets into the end zone here is basically what I think it boils down to. He's just outside my top 20. I know that Matthew has no strong opinion on this. I'm going to ask you instead, Stefania, what's Kenyon Drake's value for this weekend <laughs> against the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I'll sit this one out. Yeah. I think people at this point know my opinion. Yeah, I I just I don't think you can trust him right now. And I I think I will just say it more succinctly is that I just don't think you can trust him. It's a fair way of putting it. We've got him inside our flex consideration, but that's about it even after a good game last week. Bears are favored by two and a half points on the road. I got the Bears going to Miami and winning this game and covering. Matthew. Bear down. Spanya. Bears. Taylor Bears. The Jaguars go to Dallas to play the Cowboys. You know, there are a lot of games where you can see yourself talking yourself into starting Blake Bortles, but this week, not necessarily one of them in your mind, Matthew. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Well, actually, I mean, I don't like either of these guys, either Dak or Bortles, but Bortles made the hate list this week. You know, the the fact is, is that Dallas is good against running quarterbacks. They've limited their, their defense actually is good. And we've just, you know, we're coming off a game where we saw bad Blake. And we also saw, you know, a lot of junk time scoring. I don't know that you see a lot of junk time scoring because I don't think Dallas has the kind of offense 
that gets, you know, that it sort of explodes and that, that all of a sudden Blake's going to have to, uh, you know, play catch up. I think this is a low scoring game. The over under in this game is 40.5 field. Yeah, it's like, a low one. I, I it's mean, it's, low it's, it's, so, so yeah, I don't have Bortles having a big game against the Cowboys in what should be a low scoring game. I think it's a lot of Ezekiel Elliott and TJ Yeldon here. Yeah, a lot of TJ Yeldon. This is a note for people that might get confused. Len Fournette is actually out at Jaguars practice today, but no. He has right. been ruled out. This he is no been change. Ruled out. Right. This is just him getting some work in. Of course, sometimes the bigger picture is important to keep in mind. Ezekiel Elliott is all that Dallas has to offer. We have said that basically every single week, and until something changes, we'll probably say exactly that. Jaguars are two and a half point favorites on the road. I've got the Jaguars. How about you, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I will take Jaguar up, and I will just say that if you're starting a Jaguars wide receiver, I still think it's D.D. Westbrook in this particular game. He would be the guy. He's a wide receiver four for me. Start finding you. Uh, I'm crazy to go with the Cowboys. Yeah, you Why are. Not? Just, I, feel, you know? I, I know it's 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 really like it's the, all the wrong reasons, like emotional, whatever. Uh, despite the play calls at the end of last week, that were controversial. I'll have to go with the Cowboys. All right, last. Oh, Daniel. I'll take right. the Jaguars. The Jaguars for Daniel. Last pick here: Cardinals at Vikings. This game is in Minnesota. Biggest line of the week with the Vikings favored by ten and a half points. Stefania, good news for Minnesota is that Dalvin Cook was upgraded. Well, I say good news. I'll let you decide if it's good news or not. But he was upgraded to full participation in practice on Thursday because of that hamstring issue. Yeah, but it's interesting. So Courtney Cronin does such a great job for us covering the Vikings and literally just sent me a text uh, saying he's doing side work this morning. So he's not doing everything that you would expect. Um, you know, a little concern if you're doing rehab stuff, but it's also, she says, it's very, very cold there. Uh, maybe it's part of like getting him warmed up and loose. The still, the anticipation is even though he's doing more, he may not yet be 100%. So the notion that he would just go out with that full workload this week, um, I, I still think that you have to be a little bit concerned about that. It, this is a tough call for, for if you have Dalvin Cook on your roster, right? Because, you don't want the run game has been poor to begin with. Mm. Um, he has not been himself since he had the hamstring issue. And you just don't know what kind of workload you're going to see and how much you can trust. Him. You know, the saving grace might be this. It's the worst, the worst run defense right, right, right now. Allowed right. eight rushing touchdowns. That's the most in the NFL so far this season. They're bad on a per carry basis. Arizona just not a great defensive matchup, or I should say is a great defensive matchup for Dalvin Cook. David Johnson on the other side of the ball, Stefania. Um, you know, we know you feel like I, I, I gotta say this as much as people have been down on him, I can say this stat again 16 plus points in four of his five games this year. Well, at least it seems like they are actually getting the ball to him more. Yeah. Now, for what that's worth, he is actually touching the ball more in the last couple of games. He managed to get into the end zone the first couple of games, even when he wasn't touching the ball that much. So it, it kind of bailed you out. But now there's actually a little bit more volume of work. So, um, a little bit more confidence. I mean, certainly if you have him, you're starting him. Matthew. The last time we had a massive Vikings line, they laid an egg against the Bills. Hey, yep. Ten and a half point favorites. This time, I, I think that does not happen this time. I got the Vikings covering. How about you? Oh, ten and a half is a lot. But, um, yeah, boy, the, the Cardinals are just not very good. But also, I will, it sounds like it's cold there. Not, well, actually, well, but they're indoors. They're, they're, they're I know, indoors. I know, but still. There's, I don't like just going walking to the from cold, the hotel to just the, walking. Walking around, it looking out, seeing, seeing snow. Uh,. <laughs> Give me the Vikings. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll Boy, I'll tell you up. what. I'm going to take the Cardinals here, Field. There you wow. go, Daniel, you frisky squirrel, you. Matthew, who you got? 
I'm taking the Cardinals as well. That's right. Oh, that's Even split. Good yeah. opportunity like for it. someone to make it's up a, some ground. No, you really know what? Actually, I take that back. Screw it. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the Vikings. Oh I'm taking okay. about the Vikings. Call that peer pressure in the biz, Daniel. What do you got Quickly, ZipRecruiter.com slash fan. If you guys want to be the ZipRecruiter smartest fan of the week next week, if you had to choose one member of the 0610 to be your tag team partner in a wrestling match, who would you choose and what would their wrestling name be? We will pick that next Wednesday. So ZipRecruiter.com slash fan. Ever we choose gets the winner of Taker and Kane versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H, a much anticipated upcoming <laughs> tag team match in the WWE, trying the return to, of the uh, Generation X. I know everyone's going to vote. Minute, I know everyone's God. not, people aren't going to vote for me. I just want to consider, I just want everyone to understand that what I would do is I would talk to the other wrestlers. I would, I would just annoy them to the point where they would just, <laughs> they would just leave. I'm just. I, it's easy I have to skills. I have. I have skills that you don't understand. You have a we very are, special set of skills. Okay. We are back on Monday. In the meantime, Stefania's injury column will be out on Saturday. Check out her concussion protocol yes. feature. Thank you. Guys. Go to her Twitter feed if you have not yet seen it. It is worth the six minutes and nine seconds of your time that it will cover. Matthew has, I think, a. Or you can go to the Answering something. the Bell podcast and hear the more Answering detailed the conversation with Dr. Sears. Yep. 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 Uh, Matthew, do well, before Fantasy Football Now on Sunday from 10 to 1, do you have anything going on, Fantasy Show? Fantasy Show streaming on ESPN Plus right now. So the, the Love Hate column and so the Love Hate episode of the Fantasy Show is up on ESPN Plus right now, as is the Love Hate column. It's on ESPN.com right now. So check that out. It's back. For, yes, for week number six. You so, want good uh, social media? Find me on Twitter <laughs> at Field Yates. He's Matthew Barry TMR everywhere except for the Fantasy Life app. He's just Matthew Barry. She's Stefania underscore ESPN and Stefania B87 on Instagram. Talk to you Monday. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead, give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail Bait Field you're, 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 you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gates. At field gates. Stefania Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Mile 06010 list. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, "Mm, chocolate lab? And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.